From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. It's not until you or a loved one develop a hernia that you need to find out all you can about diagnosis and treatment and outlook. Well, here to help us with that are two people from Upstate's Hernia and Abdominal Wall Reconstruction Program, the director, surgeon, Dr. Mustafa Hassan, and nurse navigator, Shauna White. Welcome to you both. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Let's begin with the basics. What, what is a hernia? Basically, by definition, a hernia is a protrusion of an organ outside its um, home cavity. So a protrusion of organ and, and outside the, the abdominal wall usually is what we describe. The most common hernias are the inguinal hernias or the groin hernias. That's what people are familiar with. But there are other many, many, many kinds of hernias um, in which uh, usually intestines or a piece of fat from the inside of the body would protrude outside. When I say protrude outside, it doesn't mean that people are walking around with the intestines showing but it's actually still covered by skin and fat and part of the abdominal wall. Is it a problem when things get rearranged like that? Does it cause problems? Well, it's a very, very, it is a problem and it's a very, very common uh, surgical problem. There is about 800,000 cases uh, of hernia repairs done in the United States every year. It's almost a million, so it is a problem. It poses problems to the patients. Definitely, and sometimes it becomes really complicated and requires urgent intervention. However, in other cases, people can walk around with their hernias not knowing they have it and does not cause any uh, complications. Are hernias sort of just a, a factor of age that um, things kind of get, I don't know, start falling apart as you get older? And <laughs> Not or? really. Um, I mean, hernias can happen in any age groups. Oh. Uh, some children have hernias, some infants have hernias, and some older people have hernias, so it's kind of a, an equal opportunity uh, employer. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that brings them on or makes them happen? Well, there are different kinds of hernias. Some of them um, are almost congenital, and some of them uh, are almost there, and something happens that makes them obvious, like lifting a heavy object or gaining an excessive amount of weight, or just it happens with time. Others are precipitated by, uh, for example, a previous operation, and we call those incisional hernias. And these are pretty common, and they're actually a focus uh, of our interest, that somebody will have an operation on the abdomen or anywhere, and that scar is a weak point through which organs can push and protrude. That's called an incisional hernia. Okay. Well, let's talk about the role of the nurse navigator um, before we get into sort of the treatment. Shauna, um, where along to the process do you get involved? Well, I take all the intakes. Um, So anyone that thinks that they have a hernia or is being referred by another physician for a hernia, um, I get in contact with the patient and uh, begin setting up appointments with them. Um, And then from there, at their appointment, they see both myself and Dr. Hassan, and I follow them throughout their entire journey with us. Okay. So pretty much everyone's going to encounter you probably first by phone. Yes, probably. typically. Um, so how do you, how do patients, you mentioned a referral from another doctor. Is that how patients find their way to you? Um, some do. Uh, we don't require a referral from a physician, though. Um, many patients here are at home and think that they have a hernia um, and basically just Google upstate hernia and uh, they get our direct patient line and I'm the one that answers that phone. Uh, So I, from there, set them up 
uh, within an appointment. So what would, uh, what would the symptoms be that would cause someone to think, maybe I have a hernia? How would you know? So this usually depends on the kind of hernias. Uh, well, let's talk first about the most common ones, which are hernias in the groin, uh, followed by hernias in the belly button. People basically either have pain or a bulge or both, usually a bulge or a bulge associated with pain. Sometimes they're able to push that back into the abdominal cavity, but it pops back out as they lift something heavy, they cough, they sneeze, and so forth. These are common hernias. They're common in the groins uh, and also common around the belly button. Other hernias, like the incisional hernias, uh, are usually f- uh, preceded by an operation and a big scar, and the scar becomes a little weakened, and people gradually s- start feeling a bulge or actually seeing those bulges. And sometimes also these are associated with pains. And sometimes people like know they have a hernia. They had it fixed before, once or twice or three times, and then they, they're, they are familiar that it's coming back sometimes. So do all hernias need surgery to repair them? That's a great question. Um, there is no one-size-fits-all for hernias as well. Most of them do require surgical repair. But that depends on the patient condition, situation, and uh, the size and the symptoms of the hernia. But I would say the majority would require repair. Okay. Is it simply a matter of putting the things back where they go and then sewing so they don't bulge out again? I mean, that's oversimplifying it. But it's quite accurate to the most part. But uh, again, it depends on the kind of hernias. So for example, uh, and the size as well. So hernias in the groin, or known as inguinal hernias, for example, they're usually fixed uh, by pushing the contents of the hernia back in, putting a piece of mesh to reinforce it, and closing the muscle on top of it. And that's the principle of repair nowadays in most of those hernias, whether they're inguinal hernias or incisional hernias. Uh, The only thing that we think is uh, gaining popularity now is the use of minimally invasive robotic surgery in fixing inguinal Mm. hernias. It is moving very fast and becoming the preferred uh, repair uh, among patients and surgeons as well. Does that uh, shorten the amount of time that the surgery takes? It is uh, associated with less pain, earlier recovery, and actually we think the chances of hernias coming back are less if you use this uh, robotic approach, at least for the inguinal hernias, the groin hernias. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about from the patient's point of view, and maybe Shauna can step in. How do you prepare someone for hernia surgery? What do you tell them to expect? Well, it really depends on a a few factors. Um, What type of hernia the patient has, um, whether it be like a simple robotic inguinal hernia repair. Um, I do give them expectations. You're going to be sore the next day or two after but they our patients feel pretty good within you know two days and start to get back to normal uh, with those repairs however the bigger repairs um there is a little bit like the abdominal wall reconstructions there's more um, preparation on my end and more patient education uh, that has to be done before during and after um, just because we, we want to optimize those patients, uh, make sure that they're at their best before going to surgery. Um, we do always talk about uh, smoking cessation um, because these repairs are not what they could be if someone continues to smoke. And typically we don't, Dr. Hassan can 
typically we'll ask them to stop smoking a few weeks before these repairs. Otherwise, uh, I do kind of follow them through with a lot of patient education, and I do try to give them realistic expectations from what I've seen and what I've learned from uh, Dr. Hassan. Are these outpatient procedures? Some of them are. Usually the, the inguinal hernias are outpatient procedures, but the big abdominal wall reconstructions are definitely not, and the patients would be in the hospital for about three to four days. Of note that our team is not just me and Shauna, but there are other surgeons and plastic surgeons who are involved in this uh, process as the complexity uh, increases of fixing those abdominal wall hernias. So some of the simpler ones are, like you said, outpatient, where the patient would go home that afternoon or whatever, but then some are more involved and probably take hours. Yes. The big abdominal wall reconstruction can take uh, between three to five hours sometimes, sometimes two hours, but depending on the the complexity and the patient. What are some of the um, complications that you have to tell patients about ahead of time? Well, again, this depends on the, the which hernia that we're talking about. So with the inguinal hernias, with, which are the groin hernias, some people have a little bit of a swelling, and sometimes there is pain after the operation. And then the, the thing that's really specific to hernias is that hernias can come back. Uh-huh. In the minority of the cases, uh, hernia can come back even after repair and needs to be fixed again. As for the abdominal wall reconstructions, these are a little more complex, and uh, still there is a recurrence rate, which means the hernias can come back. But most of the complications are usually related to the wound itself in terms of uh, fluid accumulation, sometimes wound infections, sometimes a little bit of a hematoma, which is blood accumulation. Most of them actually resolve without uh, interventions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you mentioned mesh, and I wanted to ask about that because we've all read about you know problems with mesh. What is it and why is it used? So meshes are synthetic tissues. I mean, there are many kinds of meshes. Some of them are synthetic. Some are biologic, derived from tissues. Example for that is uh, pig skin, human skin, uh, cow skin. Which are used in a lot of different medical Correct. Um, applications. Correct. And some are synthetic and some are bioabsorbable, which means uh, over about a year and a half, the mesh is replaced by the human tissue in form of a scar, which is strong, scar reinforces the repair. They are very commonly used, and uh, a good repair usually entails a mesh uh, placement. Regardless of the advertisements on TV and all that, uh, it lacks accuracy. A, a good hernia repair usually is uh, it usually involves a mesh placement. And Shauna does that part of education with the patients as well. And, um, you know, she gets asked a lot of questions about the meshes, and she always explains that. Yeah, and um, just even providing a sample mesh for patients to see and feel kind of uh, puts them at ease. Um, And just kind of having this conversation with them uh, to kind of clear up some of the discrepancies that they may see or hear on TV um, is important because it's a good tool. Do you have to choose a different type based on a patient? That's an excellent question. I think most of the problems uh, arise from using um, a wrong mesh and the wrong patient. So there's a process, um, depending on the patient and depending on the hernia, uh, the best outcome is, of course, matching the best mesh to that specific patient. So it's a judgment call based on experience and based on the situation that we're facing. But the mesh in itself is is a good way to 
repair her, a complex hernia. Which mesh, in which patient, that's the question that requires expertise. Does it, is it like a piece of fabric that you receive as the surgeon and then cut to your shape that you need? Or? Well, yeah, actually some of them are like that, but others are synthetic. They're basically made of polypropylene. These are the synthetic meshes, which is, uh, people call it, used to call it the screen. It's like a, a grid of woven uh, fishing line, basically, if you want to oh, simplify mm -hmm. it. That's the synthetic meshes. Other meshes, you know, are made of different materials uh, based on I'm assuming they probably have different, um, whatever, success rates with different types of mesh in terms of not having the hernia redevelop, right? Correct. And in an infected field, like somebody has an infection already, we use a specific different kind of mesh. Otherwise, we'll not achieve that right, correct, you know, achievable uh, desired outcome. All right. Well, let's talk about recovery. I mean, once you're past the few days after surgery, um, what is life like? with a hernia repair? Do you have to always be delicate with that area? Or, I mean, what is what is it like? So the aim of this is to restore normal life and normal okay. activities. The reason why we fix a hernia is to bring people back to do what they would like to do and they want to do. There is no point doing that operation, tell people, well, you cannot do this or that for the rest of your life. Then what, what did we do? We could have left him or her with a hernia. So uh, people usually resume their activities gradually. Um, we avoid heavy lifting in the early periods after the operation. Heavy lifting differs from one, is relative to the patient, differs from one person to another. But the aim of this is to restore normal life style and normal activities. Okay. Once uh, the patient's done with the surgery and done with the follow-up, do they have to come back and see you again to keep make sure that everything's in place? Actually, we do have a very uh, organized follow-up process and uh, uh, quality program that we're just about to join. It's a national quality program. Maybe Shauna is basically um, she's in charge of that. So, yeah. yeah. So currently we're working to join um, the America Hernia Society's Quality Collaborative, um, and this will allow us uh, to track the data of um, all of our hernia patients after they consent to this. Um, and it will just help us improve our program and um, improve our techniques and make sure we, we have the best program for the patients around here. And we do see patients uh, on a scheduled visits um, and definitely in a year after the operation and they have quick access to us if there's any problem anytime. Well, that's very good to know. Thank you so much for being here. My guests have been Nurse Navigator Shauna White, along with Dr. Mustafa Hassan, who directs the Upstate Hernia and Abdominal Walk Reconstruction Program at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.